God doesn't care about me. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And tonight, uh, this morning, we end our series. I've enjoyed this series. It's been a really different series for me to preach through, but I, I have so enjoyed so many of these aspects about treasures of the darkness. And as we uh, stand this morning, if you're able to, and turn with me to Genesis chapter number 50, we, we've kind of come full circle, and here we are back at the beginning. That's what Genesis means, the beginning. And we come back to earlier this year, we studied the life of Joseph in pretty good detail. And this morning, I want to look again at the conclusion of the life of Joseph. Of course, Joseph's life is not contained throughout the book of Genesis, but about from chapter 37 on. And we come to chapter number 50 this morning, and the Bible says here in chapter 50 in verse number 18, and his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we be thy servants. Now, if you remember his brothers and the relationship he had with those brothers. And here it is, his brothers say to him, remember, remember Joseph's dream about how they were going to bow down to him? Well, here it is. Now, remember, that wasn't Joseph's dream. God let him see that. The Bible says that they said, we be thy servants, verse 19. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am I in the place of God. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. God had a greater purpose. All those times of darkness, all those trials, all that trouble, everything Jacob, Joseph went through in his life, God said there was a purpose, there was a plan. And here it is at the end of Joseph's life, and he's sharing with his brothers. He says to them, he says, you know, am I in the place of God? But as for you, yeah, there was a time where you hated my guts. You didn't want nothing to do with me. You took my coat that my daddy gave to me, and you, you tore it up. You put blood on it. You lied to my dad and told him that I had been killed by an animal. You lived with that lie for all those years. And he says to them, but God meant it unto good. There was a purpose. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been through, whatever you will face, can I just give you the hope that Joseph was giving to his brothers, that God meant it unto good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. And I do pray that you would bless your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The life of Joseph. I love to study many of these great Bible characters, men and women that lived before us. And Joseph's life is one of the, I think, one of the most beautiful lives that has ever been lived. This morning, 
the message is really kind of meant to be a summary of what we've been talking about for 12 weeks. Treasures of the darkness. As we look at this passage, and we're just going to kind of hit some highlights, and if you have your Bible there, and I'm going to look at quite a few passages, hopefully you grab one of the outlines, you can follow that way too, but we're going to really just kind of walk through some of the events and, and share some of those highlights of Joseph's life. For instance, notice first of all that Joseph was sold into slavery. Just think about that for a minute. How here Joseph was living a life, uh, a teenage boy, and his brothers had awed against him, and, and really it wasn't their right. He wasn't their property, but they took him and they sold him. Like he was just some piece of property that they didn't care about and they wanted to get rid of, and that's what they thought that they had done. And the Bible says in Genesis 37, 3, now Israel, and of course his name was changed to Israel, this is Joseph's father, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Now, by the way, that doesn't mean that he didn't love all of his children, but this, the Bible says here that he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. The Bible tells us here, and I, I think this is something all of us parents should guard against, is favoring one child over another. And I think we understand the significance of Joseph to his father. But Joseph was hated by his brothers. Why? Because he was daddy's favorite. Daddy's little boy. Remember, as you study the Word of God in Genesis, that Joseph's brothers were out at the, the, the battlefield, and, and it was a scene with Goliath, and how, how that, or not with Goliath, but he sent, he sent uh, uh, his son, Jacob sent his son Joseph out there, really to kind of check on his brothers. And as he sent his, Joseph out there to his brothers, the Bible says in chapter 37, verse 18, that when they saw him, his brothers saw him coming afar off. He wasn't even there yet. They didn't even know what he wanted. They didn't know why he was coming. But the Bible says this, that even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. They were already, boy, here he comes. Daddy's little boy, daddy's favorite. And, and, and they're conspiring. What can we do? To, to rid our lives, to get rid of this individual. And so what did they do? Well, eventually they took the coat from him, they threw him in a pit, and then if that wasn't enough, they sold him to Ishmaelite merchants, and his life to them was only worth 20 pieces of silver. You think about the world we live in today and how such little value is placed on life. How many abortions are performed in America on a daily basis. Life is a gift from God. It's not up to us to take it. And yet we see this day in and day out. Just like Joseph's brothers, and they, they hated him so much, and they would take 20 pieces of silver. What a tragedy. And we can think about how, how Joseph must have felt, and certainly he did. But remember... God meant it unto good. We continue the story of his life, and I'm reminded of the verse in the Old Testament, how God's ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours. God knows all things. 
God knew what was going to happen in Joseph's life before it happened. And Joseph's brothers, they were so hard-hearted that they, this is hard to imagine. And I sit when I read the Bible, and I know some of you do the same thing. You sit and think about, and we talked about in Sunday school this morning, how the Bible instructed Joshua and us two to meditate on the Word of God day and night. Here's Joseph in a pit. His brothers are sitting not far from the pit where their brother, their brother is in this pit, and they're sitting there eating and talking. They can hear Joseph crying out to get out of the pit. And here they are feeding their bellies, ignoring the plight of their own brother. Talk about hard-heartedness. And I think about so many today and all the injustice that's going on and how people, they, they won't listen or see the need and hear the cries of so many that just need someone to come to their rescue. Joseph crying out from that pit. They take his coat. They tear it up. They lie to their father about what had happened. And they just kind of live with that lie but little did they know that there was eventually going to be a day, and we read about it in the end of the book of Genesis, where they came face to face with the one that they cast in that pit. The Bible follows Joseph as he's taken, sold into slavery. In Genesis 37, look at verse 36, the Midianites, they then take him and they sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, the captain of the guard. The Bible continues the, the, the story here of Joseph's life in Genesis 39, where the Bible says that Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. But notice these words, and the Lord was with Joseph. Boy, if you're in the habit of highlighting or underlining in your Bible, you ought to underline that statement right there. Because a lot of times we think, man, how, how sad, how, what, a, what an awful situation. But what hope that even though we're going through a time of darkness, just like Joseph, that as the Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph, God is with you and me. I love this thought. You see, Joseph was better in Egypt. Now, don't misunderstand. Joseph was better off in Egypt in the care of his God than he was in Canaan with his brothers who despised him and envied him. Joseph was better in the place of God and God caring for him. The Bible says, as you think about him there in Egypt's land in chapter 39, verse 3, how the Bible says his master saw. Here's an unsaved man, a worldly man, but the Bible says he saw, his master saw that the Lord was with him. Hey, look, I'm going to tell you, if you live for God and you have faith in God, even though you're going through times of darkness, people, unsaved people will notice, hey, there's something about him. There's something about her. God is with them. What a great testimony that Joseph had and how his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. Only God can do that. Here he is in a strange land. Here he is and really nothing is his other than maybe the clothes he was wearing when he went into Egypt. 
The Bible says everything, he had that Midas touch. Everything he touched, just God made it to prosper. God made it to prosper. I grow weary sometimes of Christians who say, you know, God's just not blessing my life. Well, first of all, a Christian should never talk about that way. God's always blessing our lives. God's giving you the air to breathe right now to keep your heart pumping. But I'll tell you what God doesn't bless, disobedience. Joseph found himself in a strange land. But he was better there because the Lord was with him. No matter what people do to us, just like Joseph, you and I need to know, just like Joseph knew here, that God was with him. Hey, listen, if no one else comes to our rescue, if no one else will be by our side, if no one else will stand with us, the only thing that matters is the Lord is with us. God will honor your life. God will bless you. God will take care of you. Paul and Silas, they sat in that prison. I love that story, how there they are singing, and all of a sudden, chains fell off. Prison doors opened. The jailer thought, I'm going to lose my life because the prisoners are gone. You know why he he came to that realization? Because he was napping on duty. Fell asleep on duty. When When he woke, the doors were open. And isn't it amazing that the Bible doesn't say just Paul and Silas. All the prisoners were still there. And Paul didn't run for his life. The Bible says that the man said to him, what must I do to have what you have? What must I do to be saved? To know your God. See, even that Philippian jailer saw that the Lord, was with Paul. Just like his master in Egypt. We live in Egypt, folks. Egypt's a type of the world. And people need to see that God is with us. Can I tell you that God doesn't just show up at his house. You are his house. Wherever you go, your body is the tabernacle of the Lord. The Bible tells us here, As we progress with Joseph's life, here he is in Egypt. Potiphar's wife now comes. Remember how she came to seduce him? She said to him in Genesis 39, 9, There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Joseph, I have everything. But I'll tell you what I want. I want you, buddy. The Bible says here, look at this, because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against who? Against God. Joseph says, there's no way. Talk about integrity. Talk about being faithful to God. The temptation that was there for a young man, a young man of position and power. How God had been blessing his life and this just kind of is laid in his lap. And he says, I can't do this. So what did he do? He ran. He left his coat. He got out of there. But I'll tell you this. Look here. He might have left his coat, but he kept his character. 
Folks, the things that we value really aren't worth anything. I'll tell you what's worth it is to live for the Lord, even in times of darkness. You see, the Bible says again in chapter 39, verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph. That's why he was better in Egypt. Not only was he better in Egypt, he was better in prison. Remember how the lies, the accusations of, of his wife, and, and they, he's thrown into prison. Can I tell you, Joseph was better off in prison with his character, with his integrity, than he was living in the laps, lap of luxury in Potiphar's house. Uh, again, look, all the things of this world, many times uh, they, they charm us, but listen, more than that is we should keep our character, our integrity, the foundation of Joseph's character, it was his faith in God. He was a man that had faith in God. You'll hear that tonight as we talk about one of our dear brothers and how he had faith in God. I believe God. Joseph believed God. The Bible says in verse 22 of chapter 39, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand. Here he is. Now he's in prison and he's being entrusted. He's been given things while he's in prison. And so the keeper puts in his hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Hey, listen, that doesn't just happen to a prisoner. Hey, look, I'm going to put you in charge of all the prisoners. God was working. God meant it unto good. So he, all the prisoners are put into his care and keeping. And look at this, whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. While he's in prison, God gave Joseph favor. A lot of times we think to ourselves, you know, I just, I, I wish God would work. Look, here he is. He's in prison. God's giving him favor. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor than silver and gold. Look at your Bible here. Turn, turn with me if you, if you don't have your Bible. Look at chapter 39 this morning. And I want you to notice a verse here. Chapter 39, look at verse number 23. The Bible says the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, here it is again, the Lord made it to prosper. See, we, we find ourselves in situations, maybe not like Joseph. Joseph was in prison. You might think whatever you're going through, maybe you feel like you're in prison today. I think what happens is when we go through times like that, what we really want is we want God to remove our problems. God, if you could just take this. God, I'd gladly give this to you. I, I'd gladly give this up. If you, God, if you would just take away my prison. Remember what Paul prayed? He, says, he said, I asked the Lord thrice, three times, to remove the thorn. A lot of times that's what we want. God, God please take this. But can I tell you that God won't take those things things from us. He won't take our prison experiences and our times of the darkness, but I'll tell you this, what he does do is he goes through them with us. That's what the Bible says here about Joseph. 
the Lord was with him. I remember when he was in prison, he met two individuals. He met a butler and a baker. And you're in prison, you got time, and you're not going anywhere. They start having conversation. The butler and baker begin to share things with him, and he begins to share things with them. And as time goes on, the Bible says here in verse Genesis 40 and verse 22 that the Bible tells us that they were there, but notice that he hanged the chief baker. Remember the dreams that they had? Joseph interpreted their dreams. Well, it didn't come out well for the baker, but it says that as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Remember what Joseph told him? He says, hey, listen, if you get out, can you put a good word in for me? So the baker, is, his life is taken, but the butler gets out, and he forgets all about Joseph. Forgets all about maybe the conversation that they had. So Joseph's life to this point, at 17 years of age, Joseph was sold into slavery. For the next, if I estimated right, for about the next 13 years of Joseph's life, he was either in Potiphar's house or he was in prison. So now he's about a 30-year-old man. Pharaoh now has a dream. Remember how Pharaoh wanted to figure out what the dream was. He wanted somebody to interpret. He wanted somebody to tell him what his dream was all about. And of course, there was nobody there that could. But they said, uh, you know what? I think there's a young man. He was able to tell us a few things. And the Bible says they called for Joseph. They brought him. Joseph was able to interpret that dream, and I believe with all my heart, he was able to interpret with the help of God. Look what the Bible says in Genesis 41, verse 40. Thou shalt be over my house, he says to him. Pharaoh's telling this to Joseph. He says, you're going to be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. In other words, Joseph, whatever you say is what's going to happen. He says, only in the throne will I be greater than thou. Wow. This is the 17-year-old kid that got thrown into a pit, was hated by his brothers, that was sold to some merchantmen, that was sold into Egypt, that was tried to be seduced by Potiphar's wife. Then she lied about him. He threw him in prison. He interpreted some dreams. They forgot all about him, and here he is. And the Bible says that Pharaoh, the most powerful, influential man of the day, said, look, you're going to be over my house. He says, only in the throne am I going to be greater than you. Pharaoh said unto Joseph, look at these words, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Wow. You say, well, that's Joseph. Hey, listen, God can do that for you. God is the one that establishes and sets up, and God is the one that removes. Remember, this wasn't about Pharaoh. Yes, he was powerful. Yes, he could pretty much do what he wanted. But this was all about God. God meant it unto good. Here he is. I mean, he had been forgotten by the butler. But God never forgot Joseph. You might think to yourself, nobody 
Nobody remembers me. Nobody cares about me. Listen, there is someone. There is someone in heaven that will never forget you. Why? Because you are one of his children. See, no matter what we go through, he said these words, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Do you know God's with you? You might be going through Egypt and you might find yourself in a prison, sold into slavery, but the Lord is with you. See, yes, he was sold into slavery, but notice as you continue with his life, then he was sinned against by his brothers. I, I never had a brother. I've got a lot of brothers here. I love it when unsaved people come in and we start calling each other brother and they look at us like, man, this is a big family. You know, Brother Peter always, Peter Dakers, you know, he comes in and there's been people standing around that don't know him and don't know me and he'll say, he'll call me brother and I hear, I've heard somebody ask him a couple times, that he's your brother? And he'll say, he's my brother from another mother. <laughs> But you know, when we get saved, we become a part of the family of God. I think about Gerald Gilbert. Never had children. His beloved Millie went home to be with the Lord back in 1999. You know what you were to Gilbert? His family. This was his family. That's why he liked coming to church. A lot of times he'd come and I'd say, Brother Gilbert, you really shouldn't be here. Pastor, just you got stuff to do, just go do it. He's gone. <laughs> it's hard when people that are close to you, people that are family, sin against you. I don't know if you've had that happen. It breaks your heart sometimes. This was something Joseph had to deal with in his life. And we can learn so much from Joseph. And really, if you study his life, you know what you find is that Joseph's life is a beautiful type of the Lord Jesus. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Jesus came to his own creation, the world. God so loved the world. He came to his own creation and his own people, the Jews, believed him not. I think Jesus understood what Joseph was going through. And whatever you're going through, when people are doing things against you, can I tell you there's a God in heaven today that understands what you're going through. He loves you. Just like Joseph, he'll be with you. We continue in our Bibles as we continue with the story of Joseph. Look at chapter 42 and verse 2. The Bible says, And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Isn't it interesting? Guess where Joseph is? Egypt. Egypt is the place where other places nothing's happening. There's no food but there is in Egypt. And he tells us, look, get, get you down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren at the, 
At the beckoning of their father, these ten went down to buy corn in Egypt. I remember the youngest, he kept with him because he didn't want to lose another one of his sons. So really it was this ten, the ones that hated Joseph. They were instructed by their fathers, I want you to go. Now, I don't know about you, but can you just see the Lord working? God sent him ahead to Egypt. God elevated him from the prison to the second in command. Pharaoh said, look, Joseph, whatever you say, that's the way it's going to be. I just have a little more authority than you because I happen to be Pharaoh. And so here he is, and God is blessing. Remember, everything that he did, the Lord made it to prosper, even in a strange land. And so now here, miles away, Joseph's dad, who... His heart is still broken because his beloved son is no longer. He tells his ten boys, I want you to go down there to Egypt. Buy some food for us so we won't die. God is working. God meant it unto good. The Lord brings his brothers into his presence. And the Bible says in chapter 42, verse 6, Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold all the people of the land, and Joseph's brethren came, and they bowed down themselves before him. I think there's some humor there. Remember the sheaves? They come and they bow down to him because he's the governor of the land. It says, with their faces to the earth. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. And he said unto them, ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. It's interesting, Joseph thought, listen, maybe it's a chance for me to get a little retribution here. He makes an accusation about them. The truth is, is that God was working all things together, and it really wasn't time for him to reveal himself to them. They really weren't ready at this particular time. Point, and you can see even after this how God continues to work in chapter 42, verse 15. Look at it. Hereby ye shall be proved. He says, I'm going to give you an opportunity by the life of Pharaoh. Ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you and let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, that your words may be proved, whether there be any truth in you. What a statement. That was Joseph's way of saying, look, you're all a bunch of liars. You've lived a lie. He says, I'm going to give you an opportunity to see if there is any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely ye are spies. And when I I see those statements of Joseph calling them spies, remember back a while back when Joseph went out at the beckon of his father to find out how his brothers were doing. Remember what they called Joseph? They said, you've come to spy. Joseph says, look, he says, if you can't tell me the truth, if you can't make this right, he says, then really your intentions are all wrong. And the Bible says in verse uh, chapter 42 and verse number 20, look at this, but bring your youngest brother unto me. I want you to bring him here. I want to see him. So, so shall your words be verified and ye shall not die. And they did so, and they said one to the other, he says here, we are verily guilty. Isn't this interesting? 
one makes a confession, truth starts to come out. We're guilty concerning our brother in that we saw, see, they knew. They knew what was going on. They knew his heart. They knew how hard it was, and yet they were hard-hearted towards him, and they said, we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, when he begged us, when he said, get me out of this pit. Why are you doing this to me? And the Bible says, we would not hear. Therefore, is this distress. That's why this is happening to us. It's come upon us. And Reuben, the oldest, answered them, saying, Spake not I unto you, saying, Do not sin against the child, and ye shall not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. The Bible tells us here that Joseph, as, as this is being revealed to him, the Bible tells us in verse 24 that Joseph had to turn himself away from them. The Bible says here he is, this powerful man, but yet their brother, and he wept. He begins to cry because, listen, he had been without his brothers. He had he'd been a strange land. This was family. They had hurt him. But just for the sheer fact that you can see his brokenness and his, the outpouring of his emotions, how Joseph wanted to tell them, and, and how Joseph, listen, I, I love this again, a beautiful picture of Jesus that all they did to him, how in the world could Joseph ever forgive them for what they did to him and how they sold him? But listen, the story is that Joseph did forgive them and it wasn't a partial forgiveness, it was complete forgiveness. Joseph didn't hold on to anything. He forgave them just like Jesus forgave you and I. You see, God doesn't hold things back on us. God cleanses us from all sin. See, he'd been sold into slavery. And he'd been sinned against by his brothers. But I want you to see how, again, God meant it unto good. Because notice, Joseph was sent by God. And Joseph asked his brothers, he says, here's what I want you to do. He says, hey, is your dad still alive? Well, yes, he is. He's quite old and his health is failing, but yes, he is. Joseph said, I want you to bring your father. He wants to see dad. I can imagine when he heard his brother say, yes, he is still alive. How J J Joseph's heart must have just started pumping and pumping and pumping, thinking about Wow, I get to see my dad. I never thought I'd see my dad again. But how God meant it unto good. The Bible says in Genesis 46, verse 29, Joseph made, his, made ready his chariot. And he went up to meet Israel, his father, to Goshen. And he presented himself unto him, and he fell on his neck, and he wept on his neck a good while. I don't know how long a good while is. You know, I think about some of you, and I love our church. I've hated this whole COVID mess. I know it's a reality. I know a lot of people have struggled. I know there's been a lot of loss of life. But I think time has proven how important it is for us socially to be together. 
And I think maybe someday when we get the green light, I think some of you are probably just going to go, go to somebody and I hear somebody come in this morning and start to stick out their hand and somebody says, is that a handshake or a fist bump? I mean, you, you just don't know anymore, you know. I think some of you are going to be like Joseph with his daddy. You're just going to hug for a good while. That's what some of you need right now. It's just a good hug. To know that someone loves you. That someone cares about you. The Bible says here he comes and he, he gets to see his dad. I remember Joseph was about 17 years old. He had spent 17 years of his life with his dad before he went into Egypt. And again, if I did my math correct, 17 years was about the amount of time that he had been at home before he had been sold into slavery. But God gave Joseph another 17 years with his dad in the land of Goshen. I don't think that's an accident because the Lord was with him. God meant it unto good. You read the book of Job. Job was enjoying life. He feared God, eschewed evil. God sent him through a time of darkness. He lost everything. Lost his ten children. His wonderful wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Praise the Lord for the encouragement. But at the end of the book of Job, God restored and God gave him ten more children. By the way, I really believe that Job has 20 children in heaven. See, we, we have no idea when we're going through it. God, what are you doing? Why am I in this pit? Why am I in this prison? How come these accusations are being made against me? Why do my brothers hate me the way they do? Why did he forget me? See, he was sent there by God. Joseph looked back over his life. And you know what he understood? He understood that God was working through every detail. That the Lord was with him. You see, when he, Joseph got older, and that's where we started this morning in Genesis 50. As Joseph's near the end of his life, he spoke to his brothers. And I love the way he spoke to them. You can go back and read it yourself. He spoke with great confidence in God. I love to hear older men and women as they get closer and closer to glory instead of waning in what they say about God. They actually have more confidence. We were laughing and joking around before church started and I went over to say something Brother Flynn and Brother Flynn said, I got to preach this morning. I said, what are you talking about? You preach every Sunday. But here's what I said to him. I said, if it's in there, it will eventually come out. 
some of you need to let God give you a holy boldness, a confidence. You know why? Because this world needs God. Joseph goes through all of this. At the end of his life, in verse 20 of chapter 50, he tells his brothers, he says, as for you, he says, ye thought evil. You thought what you were doing was for yourselves. And by the way, that is true. They thought we've won, we've gotten rid of, just like they thought about Jesus. We got rid of this troublemaker, we crucified him on the cross. But the Bible tells us up from the grave he arose. And Joseph says, God meant it unto good. He says, to bring to pass, as it is this day. He says, here you are, you're, you're standing in front of me. God's kept me alive. God got me through the pit and through the prison. God's the one that put me where I am today. The Bible says, to save much people alive. People need the Lord. Joseph, he was... Even in his last moments of his life, just like the great Apostle Paul, Joseph kind of looked ahead. He kind of looked to the future. As he was thinking ahead, he was believing in the promises of God and the promises that God has for his people. And notice here in Genesis 50 and verse 24, Joseph said unto his brothers, look at this. He says, I die. My life is over. Watch, look at it. God will promise surely visit you and he says and god will bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to abraham to isaac and to jacob again notice the confidence notice trusting in the promises of god look folks if you are saved today even though you might be going through a a time of darkness trust and lean on the promises of god that's what he was doing. He spoke with such confidence. Why? Because Joseph, through all he went through, you know what he had come to know? God. You see, he knew God was with him. When I didn't realize it, God was there. And whatever you're facing today, please know the Lord is with you. If you bow your heads with me this morning with our heads bowed, no matter what others do to us, like they did to Joseph, no matter what people say about us, and certainly they said a lot of things about Joseph, no matter what you've been through, the Bible is clear. The Lord will not forsake his own. He said, I'll never leave you. The world might, but he said, I'll never forsake you. Lord, I pray that you bless the invitation this morning. God, I really believe that you're speaking this morning. There are some here, some listening by way of live stream, that although literally we haven't been sold into slavery, we are sold into sin. We're born in this world. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Lord, people are every day doing things against us. We who are trying to live for you. The Bible says that all will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But God, we know that you are working. You mean all of this for good. That you have sent us as your ambassadors to a lost and dying world. Lord, if there's someone that needs to be saved today, I pray that they would receive eternal life through Jesus. May your children this morning, may we just spend a few moments in prayer with you, thanking you for being with us as we go through these times of darkness. Bless this invitation in Jesus' name. Would you stand?